You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hello again, everybody. My name is Steve Eden, and you're listening to the True University Podcast, where the truest thing about you is what God says about you. I am privileged and honored to have as my guest once again, Pastor Lee Armstrong from Victory Life Church or Churches. I guess it's one church, many locations, uh, originally starting down in Durant. Pastor Lee, thanks for coming up and joining me. Thank you again. I'm honored. So how long have you been with Pastor Dwayne Sheriff, which, you know, people that know me, he's been my pastor since 04, and I can tell a little bit, actually, of that story and him coming up, because the Lord told him to. (laughs) Lord told him him, uh, he had invites from all over. I had never even met him, but Brian and Gretchen Cannon knew him. Uh, Brian grew up in Wilberton down south, so he he had seen him on cable TV and was taking his online college, and Brian and I were talking, he said... We're like, who should we have come up? You know, it's we're shooting for around May, a time frame and schools letting out and all that. And he said, how about Dwayne Sheriff? Well, we asked him. I mean, we're in a tiny little building. We can see maybe 100 people. And as uh, Dwayne came up, here's what he said. He said that the Lord, because he has waiting lists. I mean, he could have gone anywhere. But he yeah. said, the Lord said, I need you to go to Oklahoma City and help this young pastor up there. <laughs> So uh, anyway, how long have you been with him? And uh, man, tell us what makes a great church and then tell us all the mistakes you made. (laughs) You you actually don't have time for all that. Um, I've actually been uh, with Victory Life before Dwayne was there. Okay. But I've been with Dwayne 35 years. I've been in the ministry 40, been married 40. So my wife and I, we jumped into this thing together first time. Wow. I was raised... um, I was raised heathen. <laughs> my mom and dad didn't know the Lord. and uh, Stacy was raised heathen yeah, as well, this, my wife. So it's actually been a benefit because I didn't have a whole lot of um, religious stuff to overcome. Yeah. I, I, you know, at that time. There That's was a, fair to say. There was a guy teaching, read the red and pray for the power. And yeah, I said, <laughs> okay, I'll do that then. And so it's, I love that. It's, it's crazy how that all happened. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it, but I was in a church and uh, I got. Saved on one Sunday, got filled with the Spirit the following Sunday, and they took me witnessing the following Saturday. Oh my! So goodness. I've been I've been in the ministry ever since, and love it. I absolutely love it. But that church split right down the middle about four months later because they had two people who were strong leaders, and they didn't know how to how to coexist. Oh. And people started, I'm this guy's, he's my pastor, and this guy's my pastor. Well, he ought to be the head. No, he needs Paul yeah, Apollos. Yeah, that's exactly uh, yeah. right. And so. They invite me to this elders meeting. I don't know why I've been saved four months. I mean, like, yeah. what kind of an elder is that? They think, let's use this, <laughs> this guy. I mean, he guy. does everything we say. He got saved. Yeah. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. He's out witnessing. <laughs> yeah. So they invite me to this elders meeting, and I'm, I'm, I've seen us like fisticuffs. Oh my goodness! It's blowing my mind. Yeah. I mean, again, I've been raised heathen. I, I don't know anything about any of these elders yeah. meetings well you'd think the church leadership it would be good people <laughs> yeah that's, that's what you'd think so mild-mannered anyway, humble that's exactly right so that's what you think anyway i'm in this meeting and they're going over who's going to be the head and everybody said their piece and then finally said well lee what do you think i said i i don't know anything about this i thought we we're supposed to love one another man you could have heard a pin drop oh my within a few months after that i've got 40 people in my house and they're getting saved and they're getting healed and and we start a little storefront church, and people are getting delivered from drugs, and truck drivers are coming in, getting healed, and just incredible move of God. Yeah. 
I'm two years into it, and the Lord says, you probably need to go to school to learn something. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So that's how that all got started. So I've been in the ministry a very, very long time. So for two years, you were reading the red and believing and for the power. That's exactly. And it was showing up, man. That, you know, again, it's about relationship. Forty people in your house. Yeah, there's just it's just amazing when I look back yeah. at it. I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of odd, but my heart was right. Right, and yeah. And th- there's nothing that will teach you more and grow you faster than knowing people are depending on you to share something on a regular basis. Yeah. yeah. So if if anything I've done wrong, I would say to people, don't start a church three months after being saved. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, That's incredible, though, pro- man. There's a childlike faith to that, though. Yeah. And the Lord, you know this, he anoints sincerity. He yeah. anoints a very pure and childlike heart, uh, sincerity, truth, honesty, I think you were just going after him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and Amen. then he breathed on it. Now, when did Brother Dwayne come into the picture? You, you, you're doing that for a couple of years, you said. Then you, he well, said, go to school. Yeah, and when I was at uh, Bible school in Dallas, um, the guy that I was uh, with down in Odessa, Texas, he got an invitation to come to Durant to, a, a, it was at that time, an elder's house where they were meeting and God was moving. Yeah. And... Uh, Pastor Steve went at that time, and I was going to Bible school in Dallas, so I would drive up on Sunday. See, people don't know. I'm not where I'm at because I had an easy ride. Right. I went to Bible school, and Pastor Steve was up um, in Durant. And and who's Steve? Well, Steve was the founder of of Victory Life Church. Okay, okay, gotcha. And uh, we'll leave his name, last name out. Just Fair enough. I just want to, they're not, he's not talking about me. I'm not talking about you, no. (laughs) Anyhow, Steve and I had worked together down in Odessa a little bit. When he moved uh, to Durant to be a part of this thing, I went to Bible school, and my wife and I would load up our kids Sunday morning, and then we would drive all the way to Durant, eat breakfast in our car on the way. Yeah. Then, after service, we would drive back to Dallas, because they had a 2 o'clock service at this particular school. We would eat lunch on the way back in our car. Huh. We'd go to the two o'clock service. Then we would eat supper on the way back for Sunday night service. Then I would drive back so that I would be there for Monday school starting. Wow. And so we did that for almost two years. And you were driving from where to where? From Dallas to Durant. Which is how long? Well, uh, a I, couple I, of hours, maybe, maybe. It's about an hour and a half, I guess, from where we were. My goodness, though. My One goodness. Way. Yeah. Uh, every Sunday and every Wednesday. Yeah. And so, you know, that'll teach you a lot. It'll give you a good a lot of time with your kids, a lot of time with your family. Yeah. You work through a lot of stuff when you're in closed encounters like that for, for right. that many miles. Yeah. Um, that'll help your marriage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Again, it'll draw you close one way or the other. <laughs> like we were saying earlier, to apply that pressure to you, you get to find the weak points. That's exactly right. But we were having the time of our life. Just loving on Jesus, and and, yeah. and then then we went to to Durant, and uh, at that time, uh, Steve had left, and Dwayne had come in to try to help him, uh-huh. and the Lord spoke to me then and said, "There's the greater gift," and so I just I knew I was supposed to support that. I knew I was yeah. supposed to honor that, and that's how I ended up with the understanding of what an armor bearer is, what mm-hmm. an armor bearer does. And uh, just did everything I could to help help him win. Yeah. Well, and you've been, I see, I've been in relationship with Victory Life, yourself, Brother Dwayne, since 04. You have been an amazing, I, I think they would say your, your title is probably associate pastor, but 
I mean, you have been his right-hand guy. It's just amazing to see two gifted people, two gifted leaders called of God who in humility can work the works of God together and then end up, you know, with now how many locations does Victory Life have now? We have 12 locations. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been with Dwayne 35 years. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just that there's something happens when you spend that kind of time in one place with a, with a leader like Pastor Dwayne. Things are imparted yeah. into you and vice versa. Um, we've had tremendous success but here's the reason, Steve. When we went into this, we were seeing church splits every time we turned around. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. The guy would, it might be the worship leader, it might be the youth pastor, it might be, but somebody would decide, I'm anointing of God, and split that church right down the middle and take 50, 100 people and go down the start, just down the street. Yeah. And it was just devastating the body of Christ. Yeah. It was just leaving a bad name for Christians and for God in, at, in large to, to people. Right. And so one of the things we did. It was Pastor Dwayne, Pastor Rick Smith, and myself. We made a covenant agreement that we were going to not do anything that would cause division in the body of Christ. And that's where our covenant relation and our covenant commitment came from, is that understanding we didn't want to hurt the body of Christ anymore, that we were going to do everything we could to to change that in our, in our community and in our relationships. Yeah. And so when I look at what makes – we have – a lot of things that makes victory victory. But if there were two things that I could pull out, so I think these are the main things. Okay. One would be our covenant relationship in which divorce is not an option. Yeah. And the other one is speaking the word of God, teaching the word of God. If you come to Durant and hear any of our ministers, you will know it's the word of God. Yeah. You will know it's balanced. Yeah. It is not our own opinions on things. It's the word of God. And yeah. because of that, and our covenant, and I want to talk about our five-day mm-hmm. rule. Oh, yeah. This thing absolutely. has absolutely— It's cre- probably saved your bacon a it, bunch of times. More times mm-hmm. than I care yeah. to count. We have a five-day rule in our covenant agreement, and that five-day rule goes basically like this. If you and I are members of Victory Life Church and in leadership, we've actually signed a covenant agreement that says, if you hurt me or offend me, I have five days to deal with that, and five days only. Yeah. And if I can't deal with it within five days, I have to come to you and say, Steve, you really hurt me when you, you when you did this thing yeah. right here. It really cut me to the quick and it made me feel whatever. I got five days. Well, what that does is it doesn't allow hurt and pain and offense. Offense is a brick, but you let it go long enough, it becomes a wall. Ah, I see. And so when you deal with it quickly, what you'll find is most offense is just misunderstanding. Oh, yeah. True. It it, it isn't really what actually happened. True. It's just the way we perceived it. It's the wording was different. It's just small things as a whole. Most people don't intentionally offend. Right. It isn't isn't in our wheelhouse to get up and go, I'm just going to see who I can offend today. Right. No, most offense we don't even know about because they won't tell us until it's a, a wall. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So not given the time for that. Here's what I found. I've been in the ministry 40 years now and 35 of those with, with Dwayne. What I have found is when there is offense, when there's a relational stress, the farther you get away from that problem, the more right you convince yourself you were and the more wrong you convince yourself they were. Yeah. And you can come to the place where you did everything right and they were the devil incarnate. Yep. 
And that wall is going up. And that wall becomes a city. And the truth is, when you deal with it within five days, you'll realize, oh, I just just misread it. I misunderstood that that's not what he meant. Only one time in 35 years has Dwayne ever done anything that hurt me. Yeah. And because of our five-day rule, I'm... I'm one of those individuals, Steve. I, I can't wait five days. Right, if if yeah. I know you're aggravated at me, I can't wait five minutes. I'm going to yeah. get you on the phone. If you don't answer, I'm coming up here. I'm driving. I'm going. <laughs> let's work this let's thing out. Let's work this thing out, yeah. man. It bothers me. I'm with you. So he said a thing, and it was he meant it as a joke. He didn't know when I was a kid that was something that was used against me. Ah, I see. So um, we're in a meeting. There's four or five other people in the in the meeting, and I'm not going to say anything to my pastor that would diminish him in anybody's eyes in any way. So I waited till they were all gone. I went back to my office. I gave him a call. I said, can we meet? I need to visit with you. He said, sure. Yeah. So I came to him, and I started sharing, and he started crying. <laughs> I didn't even get through sharing. I mean, I told, really? I told him, I should be bigger than this. This shouldn't have hurt me like it did, but you said this. And as I started talking, he just started crying, and now I'm feeling bad. And he's crying, and he has never, ever come close to that again in his life. But if I wouldn't have said something, he wouldn't have known that hurt me, and he would bring it up again just out of innocence. And that's what happens. We hold people accountable to things we haven't even shared with them, which is unfair. Yeah, he has no way of knowing what happened in your childhood. None. uh, That, that, you know, would trigger you or cause you pain that way. So very, very good to work that out. Uh, I do remember in the, it seemed like the 90s especially, there was so much uh, just church split and hurt and fussing and fighting over meaningless things. You know, Proverbs 13.10, right? Only by pride (laughs) comes contention. And people get in their mind, hey, I'm the guy. And you see it all the time. Yeah. And and rather than, hey, let's work with some other gifts and we'll be able to... Uh, you know, even reach and influence a greater area because we're partnering together. Right. Then if you go take a storefront somewhere and then Bill's going to go take a church over here and then we end up just competing against each other. Yeah. Uh, it's it's unfortunate what's happened, but I know that with the, with the Spirit of the Lord right now speaking to the body of Christ, uh, unity within the local body yeah. and the leadership there, yeah. but even unity beyond there. I think I think Victory Life has been such an influence on Grace Church. I don't think it. I know it because the culture is like when we would do, we go down, we have a Rural America Conference and we do Jubilee Leaders Conferences and those kind of things. It was always, man, hey, how do we help? Yeah, and let's serve. bring them in to the point of paying guys hotels, you know, for pastors and their spouses to come Pay your hotel, come and receive, come and feed, yeah. come and be blessed, uh, just to give it all away. And I really believe that that's the heart of the Lord, uh, because on earth as it is in heaven, that's right. And in heaven, uh, there's no we're not competing against each other. There's no sections for Victory Life and a section for Grace <laughs> Church, and right. I mean, exactly there's right. a section for uh, Jesus is Lord Church, and then there's a <laughs> section for Holy Ghost is Lord Church. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not going to find it. Yeah. So that has been definitely a black eye on the body of Christ through through the years. But I think those who have ears to hear are seeing that uh, seeing that change and hearing the voice of the Lord, what's near to his heart. And, of course, if pride is what brings yeah. uh, strife, we know humility is a key to working together and, uh, you know, 
repairing repairing the differences. You you got to be honest. If you're gonna have a real relationship, there will be ups and downs. Sure, you can be rubbed the wrong way, a personality thing, or like you said, a childhood thing. People don't know about. Most people don't set out to say, you know, I think today I'm gonna dishonor Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to talk to him in such a way he feels totally dishonored. Yeah. No. Well, Bill may feel that way, but if he'll go to that person, right. we'll try to work it out and say, Lord, did he prick my pride there? If he can't, go to the person and uh, just say, hey, this is bothering me. Can we talk about it? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know at the time that um, submitting myself to serve Pastor Dwayne was going to be a big deal. Yeah, I just heard the Lord say, there's the greater gift, and it's like, I'm going to do what I can to, to promote that, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm the guy in line. I should have been. It didn't even cross my mind. It just wasn't there. Because again, not being raised in a religious thing, I didn't know that there's a hierarchy. Yeah. I didn't know that there's these political <laughs> things. So it was just like it was beyond. No, it's me. just like partnership. Just like uh, oneness that we can work together. I'll never forget something you taught at Ram. Uh, you probably remember it, but it always stuck with me. And I don't think I've even told you this, but it was when you taught on growing in grace that mm-hmm. when you took your grace gifts and you said, you know what, I'm called here to Victory Life and I'm called alongside Brother Dwayne. And when I submit my gift to him and he submits, you know, his gift to me and we all the leadership and the body too, not just leadership, yeah. begins to submit their grace gifts one to another in unity and humility then we grow in grace. Talk about that a little bit, because that's something, even at Grace Church, we're talking a lot on unity right now. Yeah. And uh, talk about that some. Let's see what we can glean from that. Very good. You know, the scripture says that um, if we humble ourselves, God gives more grace yeah, James to 4. the humble. So it just it's just simplistic. Um, if you're looking from depth from me, you're probably looking to the wrong person. I'm not really deep. I only know about five things, but those five things... <laughs> Work everywhere all the time for everyone, and uh, being willing to be humble is one of those. Because when you, when you recognize that pride is such a big deal, and we don't we don't think pride is a big deal. We we have pride over all kinds of stuff, and we don't realize the damage it is causing our ministries and our relationships. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of bad things come with pride. The Bible says that God resists the proud. I don't know if you grasp that. That. <laughs> That sounds like a bad idea. That's a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, God with one finger could flick you into the next universe. You're not going to win a battle with the God of the universe. Yeah, if I got the devil who's wanting to sift me like wheat, I don't really need God opposing me. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, I, again, I didn't have a bunch of stuff to overcome because I didn't know there was all these political hierarchies and systems and all that. Power plays. Power plays. I, I, I just, mm-hmm. I'm going to serve. Yeah. And Amen. Quite honestly, because Amen. I'm here because... I submitted, and Dwayne had a relationship with you, and then we ended up in a relationship, and yeah. now you know we're brothers in arms, and I would do anything for you. Yeah. That came from just a willingness to go, here I am, Lord. You know, it's, when you look through the scriptures, because I went through the entire Bible trying to figure out who does God use. It's important to me. Yeah, I want. I want to. It's really simplistic. You know who God uses? The People humble. who show up. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. So, you know, I, I've had, I've had work days at the church. And I've never been able to use anybody that didn't show up. Yeah. Well, God can't either. And yeah. God uses the humble. And so, you know, I, I, I'm where I'm at because I outlasted everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just stayed the course. And, and I, I never thought to myself, 
well, I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm just going to do what God tells me to do. And until yeah. God tells me to go somewhere else, I'm going to continue to serve right. where I've been called to serve. Another one of your famous sayings is you don't have to be the sharpest knife in the drawer, <laughs> but you do have to be in the in drawer. In the drawer. <laughs> That's exactly right. I'm, I'm old enough that if the people remember Welcome Back Cotter, it's like, Mr. Cotter, oh, Mr. Yeah. Cotter. That's kind of who I yeah, am. Me. Pick, I'm, I'm me. Me. pick me, pick me. <laughs> That's what we were saying earlier. He doesn't need our ability. He really just needs our availability. Yeah. Uh, when did God, this is so funny, but it's true. And I challenge anybody listening to go through their, their Bible and see if they can find it. I can't find anywhere where God's, you know, calling somebody, uh, recruiting somebody to the work and all that and ever said, hey, what do you bring into the table? <laughs> what do you got? How much money you got? He's never asking no. for any of their own ability or resource because he will be the ability. He's the supplier. He will be the resource and the supply yeah, for absolutely. whatever it is his plan is. He simply needs our avail- availability. I remember the other one similar to it is the, he, doesn't, he doesn't need our, uh, what is it, our worthiness. He simply needs our, oh, there's another W word that's escaping me. Willingness. Willingness, thank you. <laughs> Maybe I stole that one from you because you knew the answer. What What are some other problems? Let's list them. Things that, that uh, the Lord wants evicted out of his church in present day. We know pride is definitely one. Yeah. Any kingdom, city, church, house divided against itself will fall. Pride, I think, uh, self-centeredness. What are some other things in those 35 years you've seen that just plagued the church where we need to grow up and move, move beyond them? Well, this is going to sting a little bit, but one of the things that I've seen more and more is that we love our comfort more than we love the cross. Yeah, We have become consumer Christians, mm. and we're going to churches that Okay, I like the worship of this one, so I'll go there. Yeah. Oh, our young people need a youth group, so we'll go there. None of which are biblically oriented. Yeah. They're all selfishness. Yeah. And then you go to a church and, okay, you kind of like it for a while, but then somebody, the preacher says something you don't like, so you go find another church. Yeah. Which I think to myself, if um, you got challenged and you didn't like it, maybe you need to stick around long enough to figure out why, why you, you didn't like it. <laughs> you didn't like it instead of running. Yeah. Right. Isn't it possible they're convicted? I mean, think about well, that. Well, that's exactly what it is. The, yeah. And instead of getting it right, they're just going to find another church that don't preach that. Oh my gosh. So, which, which confines <laughs> them to their immature, broken state yeah. because they're not willing to get the help, the, Absolutely. The grace that they need. I keep telling people, wow. you know, the problem with uh, wherever you go is there you there. are. <laughs> there you are. So, again, my wife and I, we tease each other. We've been happily married or continuing to be happily married. But the thought of starting over is ludicrous. Yeah. It's taken us all this time just to be able to get along with each other and love each other to, to all, the ultimate degree. But we stuck it out. Part of the reason we have a great marriage is because we went through difficulties and we stuck it out. One of the things that has to happen is we've got to stop this moving every time the spirit leads us instead of just being honest and going, you offended me and it hurt my, and I was convicted. So I'm going to go someplace where they don't teach that. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, we, we want to stay in hiding. Yeah. We, we hide. Um, even from those things that maybe it's a sermon we didn't like, instead of saying, Lord, what, what does this do for me? We're like, what did that do to me? Oh, well, it, it really upset <laughs> my emotions and I'm really bothered. So I'm going to leave. But I think pride 
has been an issue. Offense. Remember when Brother Dwayne did taking offense oh, series? It was they couldn't keep it on the shelf. It's so resonated with people, and offense is rooted in pride and self-centeredness. Then immaturity, the Trojan horse in the church. So immaturity yeah. has plagued the church for years and years. I've mm. long said that immorality is not the plague yeah. on the church that immaturity is. I yeah, think absolutely. that immorality comes out of our immaturity yeah. and and willing uh, our unwillingness to let him yeah. really examine our heart and be lordly yeah. in areas of our heart. But isn't that what he wants? Is, doesn't he want to be lord of all? Lord, he is lord of all. Well, that's he, right. He, he doesn't is. want to. He, is. he just he, wants us to come to agreement with it. <laughs> and, and be obedient <laughs> be to the obedient. point of letting him, hey, Lord, why don't you be lord of this area of my heart? I've kept it. Here we go. Hidden from you. Yeah. Now, he sees it, but you know what I mean, yeah. that I've kept this over here because I didn't want to deal with it. And I do think that's where sometimes we get we get uh, some angst going and end up uh, yeah. going elsewhere. And I, I think there's a healthy way. Let's go ahead and throw this in here. There's a healthy way to leave a body. If sure. you really are hearing the Lord and he's saying, and we say this at Grace all the time, if the Lord's calling you to go to Edmond, let's say, or maybe there's a church in Jones that's starting right. up and, and you really feel called to help and go be part of that body will bless you in that it's usually the um you know tirade the cussing the drama or yeah. how about backbiting and hidden yeah resentments yeah and yeah, people yeah. slip out that's not how you no. leave a spiritual family no and when you sow seeds like that you reap seeds like that yeah there is healthy ways and god does move people on sure he god does. does yeah anoint people to go do a thing yes. that's it, that's in them to go do we yeah. honor that yeah but we want to honor it the right way right let's pray let's believe god yeah don't let's don't, send don't, you out. don't take 20 people and say the lord told you <laughs> <laughs> right and right, and start start by gathering them around and whispering in their ear and yeah. uh, sowing discord. I mean, we we know where that's from. Yeah. You guys have seen that time and time again because I've heard you talk about it. You know, in your various as other churches ask you uh, to help, and I, I've you know come in, please help us. We're we're close to a split, or we've got a lot of division. I love James chapter three. You know, Pastor Dwayne and you have taught that so many times how can you tell when somebody's saying hey i'm hearing god but this other guy's saying no no i'm hearing god yeah. well james 3 tells you the wisdom that's from above that's from above yeah and it's interesting when he says in verse it's roughly 13 through 17 is what we're dealing with here that there is a wisdom that's earthly yeah. sensual and demonic yeah. and it and it comes off as wisdom like, it seems like wisdom for me to tell these 20 people <laughs> how wrong Brother Dwayne is right. or how Come wrong Brother me. Steve is, yeah. uh, how messed up they are at church, and we need to go over here and do this yeah. secretly. That It can even give an appearance of wisdom, but he says the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure, peaceable, gentle, gentle. willing to yield. Yeah. How about this one? Full of mercy and good fruit. And I'll never forget... Brother Dwayne saying, it's the guy who above anything says, I don't want to hurt people. Right. I don't want to hurt the body. I don't want to damage the work that God's doing here. Yeah. If he's if he is calling me somewhere, then let's leave this body healthy right. and, and let's, let's start a healthy body over here too. Because like you said, if you're dragging offense, if you leave a church offended, you're, you're carrying that spirit Absolutely. into the new work and everything you, you don't mean to. 
Yeah. But you end up just preaching against everybody else instead <laughs> of preaching the gospel and inviting exactly people right. to Christ. And and you sow seed that you will reap. Yeah. I, I'm going to tell on myself. Okay. Um, when I was in Bible school, I was so blown away at the Lord's provision for me to be at this Bible school. And listening to some of the greatest teachers on the planet at the time would come through this school. It's a very well-known school. Yeah. And within four months of being there, I find myself judging the speaker. That's a, the ugliest suit I ever saw in my life. Why would you yeah. go on stage? What's wrong with that yeah. guy's voice or whatever? You start, yeah. and I'm, I forget it was, I think we call the suit now salmon color, but it was pink. And uh, I'm in there thinking, that's so ugly. My goodness. And the Lord spoke to me. And I yeah. don't know how the Lord speaks to most people, but I had like a 30 second download that just broke me. And he shared with me, what are you doing? You went from being so grateful and so yeah. thankful and so humbled that I would bring you here. And now you're judging the people I've set in front of you. Yeah. And I remember he's basically what he said was this, what seed are you sowing? Yeah. And man, it, it, I started crying and it just literally it broke me. And I remembered no matter who comes by that stage from now on, I'm going to learn. I'm going to grow. I'm going amen. to amen because that's what I want. Yeah. You know, let me just say to us preachers, we, we want our congregations to be energetic and amen uh, us. But come on. do we do that when we're come at conferences? On. Do we amen? Do we do we give good offerings? We, do we? <laughs> we want them to say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But are we willing to say it? And I've, I've, I can't remember if I picked it up from you all or just from the Lord, but anytime anybody's speaking, whether I'm at Jubilee listening to you all, or I've got uh, one of the other staff who's sharing at Grace Church, or maybe yeah. it's a guest speaker, I'm taking notes, Lee. Yeah. I am engaged Amen. because I, I want to receive, I want to be humble enough to learn from whoever the yeah. Lord is putting in front. You know, I have to be able to say, blessed is he or she That's right. uh, who comes in the name of the Lord and being able to receive. And I love that because what you sow as a follower, you'll reap as a leader. That's exactly what right. you sow as a follower, you'll reap as a leader. And I think, uh, you know, a perf if you told on yourself, I'll tell on me. So when Grace Church had initially started, we started in our home and, you know, we wanted the simplicity of knowing Jesus and making him known. I didn't, I didn't, need all the fluff and stuff, churchy stuff. Um, I was okay with that, but this this was my heart and my passion is who wants to know Jesus, who wants to make him known, live in simplicity and intimacy mm -hmm. with him. And so the more I watched TBN in the 90s, I'm just like, what in the world are these people <laughs> doing? But oh my goodness. And it would come out sometimes from the pulpit mm. when I was sharing. I was, I was 20, you know, when Grace Church started, I was about 20 four years old. So, oh my goodness, Lee, I had no business pastoring. I'm just saying that right now. I'm 50 now and maybe I'm ready. <laughs> You're almost there. I'm almost there. But at 24, I was not ready. And it would come out some of my dis disapproval uh, of TBN's messages and prosperity and like, you're not calling people to Jesus. You're just giving them formulas and you're, you know, I felt like at times they would use scripture to appeal to people's flesh almost yeah. their greed and man the lord rebuked me one day after church he said 
you realize if you're always running down TBN that every person that I have used TBN to bring into relationship with me is going to have a question in the back of their mind whether I'm really there or if it's authentic or not. And I mm. can't have you bringing doubt <laughs> about wow. me and their salvation yeah. because of what, what you're observing about TBN. Yeah. And so that put a stop to that. <laughs> Uh, immediately. Isn't it funny? It all comes down to humility, Brother Lee. I'm fixing to ask you this question. What makes a great church? Humility is going to be in there. But I remember 1 Corinthians 4, 7 has always sobered me. He said, what do you have that you did not receive? Yeah, very good. What what do you have (laughs) that you did not receive? I was at a conference in California, a grace conference. And, you know, all the speakers, including myself, were sharing on the new covenant and the grace message and how amazing it is. And it is truly amazing. Um, but grace is a person yes, right. <laughs> and he's a humble person. Yes. Right. Indeed. And so uh, I was asked, they had all the speakers at the end of the conference. They, they asked us uh, a panel of questions. So one of the questions was, how do we stay humble with this incredible message? <laughs> I mean, God has allowed us to see this or whatever. We Well, he didn't say that. He said, we we have such a great message. We understand grace. Nobody else does. That was the gist of the question. And my response was, 1 Corinthians 4, 7, what do we have that we did not receive? It's only the grace of God we even see it. That's exactly right. So whenever our complaining, uh, when we're complaining instead of having compassion, maybe on someone that doesn't see it. Well, we've made it about us and pride is involved. And so I always come back to that because Paul says the rest of verse seven is, then why do you act as though right. what you have is not a gift from God? Yes. Any any revelation we see, yeah. Lee, even in talking about what makes a great church, we always have to be humble because we only see it because he's so good. That's exactly Not because right. we're always so good. We have to be really, really careful about putting anybody down, no matter how much we might disagree, because when we when we do that, we're sowing seeds for people to pick us apart, and we want people to be gracious. Uh, so, so true. You know, our desire is that if I make a mistake, that somebody would humbly show it to me so I could fix it. Uh, I get really, really concerned about people who think it's their job to point out mistakes in the body of Christ. Because all they're doing is creating more division and more hurt and more pain. Um, yeah. I've even heard them call people false prophets because they taught something they didn't agree. That's a that's a hard accusation yeah. for right. something that's just maybe you don't agree with that particular teaching, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Talking about that particular station that you had issues with, how many hundreds of thousands of people came to Christ because that station was there? Right. Right? Okay, so... Yeah. We have to be really, really, again, understanding that we all have flaws. We all have issues, right. and God isn't finished with us yet. Right. So, you <laughs> love, go ahead. God, God, Jesus says to his disciple, John, he says, look, you mind your own business. What yeah. I do with that one uh-huh. is between me and him. You don't worry about that. And that's that stuck with me. Yeah. It is not my job to worry about what God is doing with you. I need to just do what God's doing with me. If I leave him till I come. What's that to you? What's that to you? You follow me. You follow I'm also me. reminded of Matthew 7. He's talking about judging and said, uh, you know, it's okay to help your brother. Okay. Uh, but just remember, before you do, there's a log <laughs> <That's right. laughs> in your eye. I know you're looking at the speck right yeah. now. You see it's so good. But before you talk to him, 
Yeah. Will you please examine the reality that there's a log in your own eye? That's so good. I also love sowing and reaping. We talked about that earlier. I want to sow mercy. Lee, I always want to sow mercy that I might reap mercy. Like you said, we all have flaws. We all have blind spots. Yeah. And so when somebody misses it and it affects me, then I want to sow mercy and understanding because mm-hmm. when I blow it, I'd like to receive the same. I remember the Lord gave me a cake analogy one time that he said, you don't know everything, all the ingredients is what he said. You don't know all the ingredients that went into that cake that ended up in your face. That's right. Now, I do know all the ingredients that went into that cake that ended up, I'm sorry, it ended up on your face. That's right. But uh, unless you were there when he was six years old, and unless you were there when he was 12, and unless you were there when his mother left him, then you really don't know what I know. That's right. So let's wipe the cake off of your face. Don't take it personal. Yeah. And, you know, so mercy, so understanding. I think that's so important. We don't know what people are going through. That's that's what you're saying. Yeah. You know, you, you see somebody, he's angry. You don't know he just got a phone call, his wife's leaving him. Right. You, you don't know that person that's a kind of abrupt, that just, just got a phone call, they got three months to live. You don't. You just don't know. Yeah, we have a tendency to judge people by their actions, but us by our intentions. Oh my gosh! Say that again. That is so good. But we have a tendency to judge people by their actions, but ourselves by our intentions. Have you ever gone through a red light? I have, and and but it was my. I mean, I look at people. It's like, look, I didn't mean that. But yeah. when they run in front of me in a red light, it's just, like, how you, dare you? How dare you? You but cost us our life, and oh yeah, my we judge others by their actions and ourselves by our intentions. And that's not fair. Boy, that is so powerful. Okay. So we've been on the negative side of ledger a little bit with churches and things that could be problematic, uh, offense, uh, division, those kind of things, immaturity. What makes a great church, especially in the modern, uh, in the modern area? Cause I do think the church is evolving. COVID has come. It's kind of caused the church to examine prayerfully (laughs) Church leaders are saying, Jesus, what really matters to you? Absolutely. Because it's, it's not the model. It's not the the method. It's the message. Yeah. So what are some things that make a, a great church in the modern day? Uh, in simplicity, good people. <laughs> oh, wow. Amen. Good a people. Great churches make, make a great, great people. Yeah. Right? Amen. And the way you have great people is you keep connecting them to Jesus. Because Jesus makes great people. Oh, my gosh. Hold on. Don't, don't keep going. <laughs> A great a key to a great church is great people who live connected to, to Jesus. Jesus. That, oh that, my goodness, that, Lee. That's our job is to connect people to Jesus. It isn't even to preach a good message. <laughs> the message should, oh, should yeah. bring people to Christ. Yeah. The, or even in disciple making, because we talked about right. that in the other segment. Right. Even in disciple making, I'm not making them dependent upon me. I've got to get them connected to him that's exactly so right. they can learn from him to be yeah. like him. Teach us to pray. Why? So we can pray. Yeah. Right. So when I pray, I connect to Jesus. Here's the thing. Whatever discipline we want to impart to to our disciples, the the things we want them that we believe will transform them. If that discipline doesn't bring them to Christ, it's the wrong discipline. Um, Yeah. If you if you're some people just need to learn how to be quiet. They're always telling God what to do, telling yeah. God what they need. Or telling others what or to do, Or telling them what to do. Maybe, maybe what they need is the discipline of silence. Yeah. You know, our, our founding fathers understood, and they had this mindset that I'm going to be quiet so that when I say something, it has weight. Mm-hmm. 
Scripture says where there's a multitude of words, there's sin right next to it. Wow. So it's not about how much we say. Some yeah. some people need the discipline of silence. Yeah. Some people need the discipline of solitude. Yeah. They're always around people and they got to have people. And some people need the the gift and the discipline of just studying the word. Yeah. You know, the Bible says to study, to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, Second Timothy. Um, but nowhere will you find a scripture that says, okay, you've studied enough. Once you get here, you can, you can <laughs> stop studying now. Yeah. No, we ought to be learning and growing till the day we close our eyes for the last time. Right. So our job and having a great church is to connect people to Jesus because if they get connected to Jesus, they will be great people, which will yeah. in turn make a great church. Man, that is so powerful, and it reminds me of uh, a saying that I've said on many occasions. I, I don't even know where I got it, but God doesn't use people to build a great church. He uh, uses a great church to build great people. Yeah. And great people, I love how you define that, are people who live connected to him. doesn't mean they're, they're perfect. I think um, when you're looking at the word great, I think... Uh, influential, alive, uh, healthy, Absolutely. living connected to the vine. Not promised everything in our life will go great or according to how we always want it to go, but if we are living connected to him, we can overcome yeah. whatever adversities, uh, perhaps tragedies even, that we face. Sure. I think one of the mistakes we made early on um, it was an honest mistake, but we waited too long to use people. Yeah. We had this philosophy of, if you walk with me, I'll see what's in the can. Yeah. I, I tell people all the time, when you come to Victory, you're just a can with no label. Yeah. You can tell us you're whatever, but give us time to open up the can and see what's in it. Yeah. And so we actually waited too long to use people. It'd be a year or two before, okay, this person can be trusted with us and so. Oh, okay. So we, we've gone the other way to where we've had to realize they're not there yet but they have this heart to serve. We need to get them plugged in someplace where they're not going to hurt the body of Christ, but they're going to be able to help and grow. And so that's probably been the greatest thing this generation of Gen Z's and millennials have brought to the table is their, their desires to change the world. They really are. We've prayed for decades for a body of believers who wanted to change the world and God gave them to us and we don't know what to do with them because they're crazy. (laughs) You know, they're creative geniuses, absolutely creative geniuses, but they don't have any stick-to-itiveness. They create create something and as soon as that creation is done, they're moving out in squirrel, they're Uh, moving out in the next one. So we're learning to mix the generations because the the older generation is willing to stick to it and make it happen every day, knowing it's the day to day. It's the, I'm so glad you, you mentioned that because I think that is a key to a great church, a healthy church as well is uh, great people living connected to Jesus. But I think then also they're generational and they're thinking that Abraham, Isaac and Jacob are all working together. Everybody's got a seat at the table. I've heard you guys talk about that. Uh, You do need, it's so important that Isaac recognizes uh, the need of Abraham. And yes, maybe they're 
a little bit on the sunset you know, side of things. They don't have the energy they used to, but they do have resource. And, uh, and I'm not just talking financially. I'm talking about in the way of wisdom Wisdom, and experience, experience, hopefully scripture, those kind of things, not a guarantee, but you know, uh, what I'm, what I'm saying there. And then for Abraham to recognize the zeal, the creativity, the newness that Isaac, or sorry, that Jacob could bring. I meant to say the youngest generation that Jacob could bring and that Jacob's honoring, Isaac and Abraham, and Abraham's honoring Isaac Absolutely. and Jacob. One of the things I love is you can go to just about any one of our locations, and you'll see three, maybe four generations on the stage at any given time. Yeah, mm-hmm. we we're intentional about that, and we want to use the creativity. We're literally reaching tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of people now. Because we have the Gen Zs who have the technology yeah. that we didn't have. They know what buttons to push. Yeah. They make us sound good around the world, right? <laughs> right. But they don't have any experience. And so they're, they just want to do something. And mm. those of us that have been shot at once or twice know better than to just run out in the open field. Where, right. Or, or to bail on something. Or to bail on something. That may, maybe this is a God idea. Maybe this is him, and it does get worse before it gets better. That's that doesn't it. mean... Yeah. We don't stick to it because if it is the word of the Lord, yep. you know this. There's a difference between a good idea that uh, somebody has versus a God idea. That's right. And where we can come alongside and say, let's let's ride this out. Yeah. Okay, I know that it got a little worse before it's gotten better, <laughs> but um, maybe we stick to it and see see what happens in the end. Amen. I've got a young man who is no longer with Victory, but he's in a church and we're still connected and, and no offense. Yeah. He, he was one of those people felt he needed to be in charge. And so now he's got a church and he's in charge. Yeah. Well, when he first came to Victory, he'd only been there about three weeks. And the church station that he was a part of didn't know what to do with him. So they said, would you, would you please as a father just speak to him? And I said, sure. They're starting to call me Papa Lee around the church now, which is really really a term of endearment. (laughs) So they brought him to me and I'm talking to him and he's, man, I can't believe I'm not on stage yet. You know, I got a vision to change the world. You've been Uh with us three weeks, right? (laughs) Called me by his name. I said, listen, you don't even know where all the bathrooms are yet. You might (laughs) might chill just a little bit before you worried about changing the world. And we just had this conversation. He needed fathered. Right. He just needed somebody to go, I got you. Let me help you get there, and here's how you do it. You need to get rooted and grounded. You need to get planted. You need to get established. We have this generation that wants to change everything in 20 days, and statistics say it takes you about 20 years to actually start having influence in a real way in your community. Wow. That's a long time to stay the course. You know, that's interesting you say that because we were in Nakoma Park as Grace Church from, what, 99 to 2012. And we, we those last couple of years really had some good influence with the mayor, the city, those things. Then we changed locations to Choctaw because the Lord got us that building that we were able to trade and, and do all that stuff with. And now we've been there coming on our ninth year. And yet he is so stirred in our heart, the same kind of thing. Interesting that there is there. It takes time and uh, some seasoning to be able to have a footprint of the Lord in the community where you really have their ear. I think it takes humility as well. They got to know that you care about what happens. You can't, it's not about uh, out arguing them uh, based on doctrine and what they, what they think. You think? Yeah, I think well, yeah. I found this to be true. I found this to be true. Um, <laughs> one of the things I I love about faithfulness, though, and steadfastness, is that 
there is something comes with that that people are drawn to. When you have stayed the course, me being with Victory 35 years, yeah. I have weight just because of my longevity. I haven't created any problems. I've done nothing yeah. but serve. And so when I speak now, I, I have authority that is earned over just being faithful. Yeah, Being in the community as a church for a long time, they're so used to the fly-by-nights. We're going to go change the world. And they got all those fog machines and they got all uh, the <laughs> digital things and all right. that kind of stuff. And they're there one week and then three months later they're gone and now it's a bar again or whatever. <laughs> right. When you've stayed the course, we now have our community. People are saying when someone does good to them, they say, you you must be a member of Victory. Yeah, that's incredible to me. Yeah. That is what we're looking for to have that. Right. The, the the people of the city now are coming to us, asking us to help them train leadership, yeah. asking us to help them do. Oh, that's powerful, man. See, and we 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 have asked that question before many times, and every church should ask it. If you were lifted out of your city, out of your community, yeah. would they feel? the loss. Yeah. You know, that's a valid and great question. One other thing, and then I need to pray as we're running out of time. Uh, I think you were talking about the young man and his zeal. And I used to, uh, they, they told me I had, uh, it was ignorance on fire, <laughs> <laughs> but, but Abraham, cause, or sorry, Jacob, I was part of Jacob generation at one time. And I think I'm still in Isaac. I'm 50, but I, I'm, I'm clinging to Isaac, man. But, uh, Jacob, Jacob just needs to know he he you're listening. And that's mm-hmm. what I heard you say in that young man. Yeah. That hey, I hear you. Here's how we can get you there. Here's what needs to be developed. We could do a whole nother podcast session on people uh allowing their gift to get them somewhere their character cannot keep oh, my them. Oh goodness. And where they're because they're gifted as a young person, they're elevated quickly and put in leadership that their character is not developed for, they're just not mature enough. Yeah to handle it yet. Uh, we could do a whole podcast on that. I did a teaching down at Jubilee on Jephthah. Yeah. If you remember that, I do. uh, judges chapter 11, I think is where that is. You, so few people have taught on that, but he was promoted too quickly. And then he made it just a horrific decision. He bargained with God bar- <laughs> when he didn't have to, That's is what right. he promised to him. Uh, but anyway, man, brother Lee, I appreciate you and ginger coming up. Uh, here to the city and uh, spending some time together. We need to do it again. I'm sure we will. Amen. It's been my honor. Thank you. Well, you bet. And make sure uh, you tell everybody back in Durant hello from Steve and Stacy. And I'm going to pray for those that are listening here now. Father, we thank you uh, for this time and just for the good word of God. Lord, we thank you for healthy churches. We thank you for a shift in the body of Christ. Lord, we're There's uh, maturity and a heart to mature over immaturity. And there's humility, Lord, over pride. And then, Lord, there's that mandate. Let's develop great people who live connected to the vine. They live connected to Jesus on a daily basis. So we just bless each one listening. We bless each and every church that's represented, that's listening today. Let your kingdom come, Lord. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.